one. It's Monday afternoon, and it's time for The Bright Side with one of my favorite people in Lake Tahoe, Alexis Robin, and she says it's going to be a fun show, and we're fun people, so it's going to be that much more fun. Totally. I'm taking you to The Bright Side today, so if you're in a bad mood, you're having a rough day, don't worry, because it's time for The Bright Side. Just That's right. A little walk in the sunshine. Hashtag F-U-N. <laughs> That's what we should... Uh, Name this show after Alexis Robin in the studio just moved. Congratulations! Yeah, new office on Ski Run. Very exciting. I've been there now like a month and a half, and I'm in the Tahoe Mountain Lab. It's beautiful. And Alexis has an emergency room for people like me who have crises. <laughs> you just go in there and they wheel you in on a gurney. And Techni- technically, it's a retreat center, and there's like chairs and a table, and you can sit around and uh, explore your strengths and what's getting in your way. But yeah, you can call it an ER, an emotional room, <laughs> like emotional, an room. emotional emergency room. No, emotional uh, roller coaster room. We're all about uh, taking you closer to the life you want. So today's show is um, is based on a conversation, actually a couple conversations conversations uh, that I was having this week. And the first one is, uh, basically, the the heart of the show is, I have it all, but I'm still not happy. So many people tell me that. I would like to have it all just to try it, right? because I think it would really make me happy. (laughs) But I hear that from a lot of people. A lot of people make, actually, one of my friends makes a ton of money, has a family, has the the great kids, has the amazing wife, has the, the BMWs, the Audis, the lake house, the boats. And you talk to him, and it sounds like he's going to go hang himself at a tree. Yeah. So, so it's uh, so if you're still miserable, you know, if you have it all. So here's kind of what I think happens, right? So I've been thinking about this a lot because we were talking about how oftentimes, you know, people they have everything and then they feel really guilty about feeling like they they're not happy, and so then it's kind of like I'll just pretend I'm happy or I'll pretend I'm experiencing well being because I should be, you know, I have a right to be unhappy. Um, but I think what happens is that we kind of we follow the social norms that are out there, right? Like, okay, so you go to high school, you work really hard to get good grades, you get into a good college, then you go get a, you know, get your degree, go get your job, find a a guy or a gal, get married, have some kids, buy a small house, then buy a big house, get a nice car, get a nicer car, you know, put the kids into Montessori preschool, then you're going into, you know, private school, then you're, you know, on and on, right? And suddenly you're in this life and you're like, whoa, how did I get here? Right? It's like the, the talking head song. Good point. But I also think that part of it is is that by buying the nicer car or buying the bigger house is going to help make them happier in one way or maybe a, a small portion of happiness. You know what I'm saying? I, I, with right. my, I just saw it with my friend just now. I mean, he thought, yeah. oh, we're going to buy this bigger house. It's in a better community. And well, my wife, she's going to be happier. And so it's going to make me happier. I, do you think that's the case also? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think. And so what I, my hypothesis is, is that people are looking externally to become happy and experience well-being versus uh, looking internally. And so I think that's really the problem. And so, um, so you get to this place where you're like, oh, once I get that nice car, like I won't have the ugliest car in the parking lot. And then I'll feel what, you know, there's a feeling state that you're going towards. Then I'll feel more, you know, more successful, cooler, whatever it is, right? Insert your adjective. Oh, once I have a bigger house and I can store all this stuff, then I'll feel more organized. Right. And that'll make me experience more well-being or that'll make me more happy. Um, or once I... 
you know, once I get this big house, like we'll finally have a little breathing space, except for you don't have breathing space at all. You end up with this massive mortgage and you're, you know, so much square footage that you're one kid's in the basement. The other one's on the third floor. You're in the kitchen and your spouse is like outside in the yard. And it's like, hello, is anybody here? Right. right? And so you lose that connection with family. And, and so then you end up and and then there's the whole piece about feeling guilty about that right like so now i have i'm driving the audi i've got the big 3000 square foot house with the gorgeous furniture and the flat screen tv that doesn't have any cable showing and the you know whatever insert your favorite things and you know but and now i i still feel really greatly unsatisfied and and i think too what happens is like as you're going through these milestones you know kind of these society norm milestones college wedding kids the whole thing like it's like these peaks, right? And so it's like, ooh, I got into this great college. It's so exciting. Ooh, I'm going to graduate. Oh, so exciting. Ooh, I'm, I met somebody. Oh, we're engaged. Oh, the wedding planning. You know, it's all external. Mm-hmm. And so it allows us to kind of like bop through life, focusing on these external cues that are really exciting and um, and get us like kind of hyped up and hyper-focused on stuff. And then and we start to become a little bit more numb to the internal cues, right? But the internal cues are really what's going to tell you how to be happy. And um, I want to talk about internal cues and kind of how to follow those gut feelings in a moment. But first, I want to also go back and talk about the difference between happiness and well-being. Because a lot of us, we talk about being, you know, being happy. But the reality is happy is a positive emotion. Mm -hmm. So it's like any emotion. It's fleeting. It doesn't last. So as you um, as you experience happiness, like it feels great, but then it subsides and it goes away and you go back to baseline. And so if you're working on a life where you're happy all the time, like you you just go ahead and throw in the towel. Something wrong with you. Right. Because you're not going to you cannot get that. You cannot be happy. You can't sustain one emotion all the time. It's not sustainable. So what you really want to be working for, um, based on the research coming out of University of Pennsylvania, Dr. Martin Seligman, positive psychology, you want to be focused on experiencing well-being. Happiness is a part of well-being, right? So it's definitely in there. It's not saying, oh, don't try to be happy, but it's just saying if that's the end goal that you're looking for is like happiness all the time, that's not going to happen. And if you meet somebody who's too happy, it's totally you got to attribute it to medication. <laughs> right. It might be pharmaceuticals. Exactly. <laughs> right. Better living through chemistry. Better living through chemistry. You're right. listening to The Bright Side with Alexis Robin. I'm Drew with you. And we're talking happiness. And I got a little surprise for you at the end of this show. Oh, excellent. Yeah, so I just loaded it up. You're going to love it. Okay. I love it. So um, so here's the thing. Um, when you are listening internally, when you, you know, when you start to look inside for your well-being instead of outside for your well-being, um, there's a few ways that your body communicates with you. And I was just reading this great article on focus leadership um, by Dan Goleman in the Harvard Business Review. And he talks about um, in the article how we get gut feelings, which are like these somatic markers, which basically come from this new part of the brain that I learned about, which what is very part? cool. It's called the insula. Oh, yes. Know it well. The insula. Dissected is, it a few times. <laughs> really? That's awesome. Which is behind the, for those of you who don't know, my co-host Drew, um, he went to med school um, or he did some medical studies in his schooling. So he he knows a little bit about the human anatomy. I had to figure out what was wrong with me. Right? So you went straight to the brain and started dissecting? You know, something's wrong with me. I got to figure it out. I have to do it on my own. Right. It's nice that your hair grew back over that. (laughs) (laughs) Take it out, fix it up, put it back in. All right. So um, I think they did that on Fringe. 
Anyhow, um, the the, so our gut feelings come from um, messages from the insula as well as the amygdala, which is the fear center in the brain. And um, and we get gut feelings kind of on three different levels. Mm-hmm. So um, when we're having uh, when we're having kind of a negative feeling that's going on, it can show up physically, right? So it's like you get stressed. The cortisol in your body is super high. You get all the um, the things that come on when you are stressed out. You can feel it. You're tired. You might get headaches. You might get you know be snappy. Blood um, pressure rises. Epinephrine starts flowing. Yes. There you go. Yes. So there you go. And then um, the second kind of level, as you get more in touch with yourself and start listening better, is that you start noticing your emotions. Right. So you get these emotional responses where you're feeling, um, you know, you could feel frustrated or angry or sad or insert your own bored in whatever emotion you're feeling. And then the third level of um, internal communication is through intuition. And so have you ever been in a situation where, like, it didn't make any sense, but you just knew you had to do something? When I meet women. Right. You got that intuition. So you're like, wow. This She's is happy that. way too much. Something's wrong. <laughs> then you go to her medicine cabinet, all this stuff falls out. Like, you're like, Ooh. Prozac, Xanax, 700 milligrams. Whoa. Whoa. So, um, <laughs> so anyhow, you, um, so you want to be starting to learn to listen inside. And I think that if, for many of us, if we've been focused externally for a long time, the wedding, the car, the house, the redecorating the house, how many of you have fallen into that trap? Like, oh, now my job is, you know, now that we bought the house, and it closed escrow. Now I'm going to spend, you know, a year decorating it just, and I'm going to research everything and remodel the bathrooms. And so, I mean, there's always something external. It allow it kind of numbs the internal. Yeah. And so, um, and then all of a sudden one day you wake up and you're like, oh, I'm really not stoked right now. And I have this great life. And so why am I not happy? I got everything I ever wanted. So what, the question is, is how do we get through the troughs? The troughs, right? So, right? well, so the the troughs come when you're experiencing um, po- high positive emotion, and then you have kind of the low drop off, right? So, the well being is um, over time works really well. Um, so, if you can if you can kind of plug in your well being and the five domains of well being, then you can get through the troughs. It's more sustainable. So, there's five domains to well being. You've probably heard some of these before. First is positive emotion. Mm-hmm. The second is uh, engagement within. So anything that you do that re-energizes you. So for some people, it's meditation. It could be exercise. Could be walking your dog. Could be petting your cat. Could be um, you know losing yourself in a book. Could be uh, if you're working from a great skill set, like you're a ski racer, you're a pianist, um, you are a you know a, a master violinist, whatever. Um, those kind of things will create and re-energize us. Um, there's also relationships with others, uh, which is third domain of well-being. And I'm, uh, these domains of well-being come from the theory of PERMA, which is the well-being theory by Dr. Martin Seligman. Um, but relationships with others, you know, other people matter. And, and being able to connect with the people who improve your well-being, um, meaning and purpose, big deal. You know, people often will come to me as a coach and they'll say, I want my life to mean something. Like, I don't want to get to be 80 and realize, like, my life didn't mean anything. And you see that a lot of people with, in corporate America, have made themselves a lot of money. Right. And they retire and then you see them start to give back and jump on these these organizations to help raise money for those less fortunate whatnot. You see that a lot. Yeah, you do. And a lot of us have meaning and purpose in our lives and we just haven't really 
clued into it Mm -hmm. meaning like you you know some people have great you you get great meaning and purpose from letting someone into traffic or just being a kind soul on this earth right saying hello yeah smiling at somebody right i mean some basic things right i mean i just think like if you can show up every day and just be kind to other people like that there's great meaning in that right because there's enough people out there who aren't um (laughs) And then finally, achievement. So going after things that are meaningful achievements. And so, um, you know, learning new things, um, achieving your personal goals, doing better than you did the day before. Um, but a lot of times people, what they do is they starve the other, the four domains in, um, in, and then they just put all their eggs in the achievement bucket. Right. right. And that's the whole idea. Like, oh, I'm going to work really hard for 30 years and then I'm going to retire and have this amazing life. And that is such a true statement of America. Yeah. Because it's, it's all about success. What do you have? How much do you have? That is what we gauge everything on. And the it's reality so is, is it's like, that's, that is not success in my yeah. book, right? Like I would rather have a smaller house where my family is close enough that I can like find him in 30 seconds or less, or I can call for them or I can, you know, be a part of what they're doing. Cause I can see them. Um, you know, I'd rather not be so stressed about, you know, getting the next deal so I can pay all the giant bills and the machine that I built. Um, so I can say, Hey, you know what? I'm going to take a day off or right. I'm going to take a half day or I'm going to volunteer to do this or that. So, um, that's a good point. A lot of people get wrapped up in the financial aspect of it and all the the borrowing to where they have to work right and then over and over they can't take it out they can't take time for themselves they you know and then something happens at work and now their hours are cut so now they got to take out another job just to support the boat payment and the house payment and the right. kid payment and right yeah, right good point and so um so those are all things to tune into so the question is like how do you if you're feeling like i have it all and i'm still not happy or i'm still not experiencing well-being like what do you do about it and so there's basically what i would suggest you do is write down like okay so what does it mean that you have it all right mm-hmm. make a list of everything you have well i have a great house i have a great husband or i have a great wife i have you know awesome kids i'm you know in these great clubs i've got nice toys i've got you know whatever i mean write down everything that you had that you feel like you should be happy because you have it and then ask yourself which buckets does this fill like look at the five the five buckets in perma the five domains of well-being positive emotion engagement within relationships with others meaning and purpose and achievement and ask yourself like what is the big house filling my positive emotion bucket well maybe when i'm in my giant beautiful new kitchen or my walk-in closet maybe that does give me positive emotion but maybe that's all it gives me and that's not enough right or maybe it causes me stress in other ways you're listening to the bright side with alexis robin and drew with you and that brings up my the question that a lot of people say there's the toughest thing to do when you get into this type of situation is you realize you're in too far you're in too deep you're trying to keep the machine running. How do you get out? So well, many people say that. How do I get out? Most of them, they have to lose everything. Right. And I think I've seen people actually have to like literally lose everything because it's, they just, they've attached so much story to what that means, right? Like if I lose, if I sell the boat, I like, I wasn't successful enough to keep it right. or, and it's also like people, um, people value things they bought more after they buy it right so it's like oh well i don't want to lose money on the house or i don't want to lose money on the boat like i saw a lot of people in the real estate crash who could have sold their houses and got out to break even and they were like no way man i'm hanging in there i don't want to break even like i would i'm not going to make any money back and then they and then their houses 
went Tank. even lower and then they ended up losing like 60 70 100,000 dollars and it was like well that was not a great plan and i don't think anyone expected that but you know the reality is if you've got to get out then you're going to have to make some sacrifices and if you're telling yourself a story about how you're a failure because you had to sell your house and rent or you're a failure because you had to drive a used car or you're a failure because you had to take your kids out of private school i mean here's the reality like you know we all make choices in life and if you want to live a life that for the next 60 years you're working your tail off you don't see your family you and you maintain all that then that's your choice and Mm -hmm. that's a good choice for you you know but if that's not the life you want then you have to be able to be willing to let some things go and sometimes that's painful and that's okay you know but the reality is like hey i'm working towards what i want instead and that's the most important thing is like Does hanging on to this giant job or this giant house or this super fancy car or my five boats or whatever, does that get me closer to the life I want? And you you work with a lot of these people. I do. You have a lot of these clients that are in that aspect. And those uh, those people listening right now who think that that's the end-all, be-all, what advice would you have for them? Well, what what do they think is the end-all, be-all? Having all the Having the boats, having the yachts, having the house, having the... Well, I'd say if you're stoked and like next week you found out that like you've, you have a year to live and you're, and you can look at your life and say, I feel great about how I'm living it right now and how I'm spending my time, then I'd say good for you. You know, that's great. But if next week you found out, Hey, I've got a year to live and you look at your life and you're like, wow, I would not be doing what I'm doing now. If I, if that were true, then I would say maybe you want to start looking at making some changes because the reality is like life just keeps going by and the next 20 years are going to come and they're going to come fast. And, you know, it's if you just are letting life push you around and kind of following along and doing what, you know, what's being decided for you because the next promotion or the next big house or the better neighborhood, you know, that is um, that's going to just keep happening. Right. And so. I always look at it and I think to myself, okay, like if at all, if I found out something awful tomorrow, would I be, would I feel good about the way that I'm living? And if I can say yes, then that's great. And if I say no, then I think um, it's definitely a, you know, it's time for me to think about reevaluate, reevaluate, think about what I want to do. Well, Alexis, you know, I said I had a surprise for you. Yeah. And uh, since we're talking happy, you know, this song always, always makes you happy. Right? So maybe, you know, while you're reviewing your lifestyle, listen to this song. Right? Because if it is you, true. If your life doesn't make you feel the way this song does, you might want to make a change. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I'm saying. Uh, Alexis, where do we find you? Uh, you can find us at P-Link Coaching Center for Excellence, which is our uh, our team website. It shows all our coaches on there. And you can find me on Ski Run at P-Link West, our retreat center for executive retreats and executive coaching and it's never too early to start getting coached no in fact i'm coaching my nine-year-old twins <laughs> i've been coaching them since they were two they how's hate. that working out <laughs> sometimes it's awesome sometimes they're like don't coach me my okay. dad coached me in basketball and uh, he, i had to run home a few times let's just say that yeah so i don't i don't do the sports coaching although i did try soccer once but yeah. i do the uh i do the life coaching with the kids and uh you know, just trying to bring awareness to them. Ask well, them questions. You have two of the greatest kids I've ever met. So, Aw, thanks. Fantastic. All right, so check us out on the web, plinkcoachingcenter.com. P-Link is the positivity link. So 
Join us fun. on the bright side. Always fun doing shows with you. Come walk in the sunshine with us next Monday. Or just listen to the song. It's the bright side with Alexis Robin. I'm Drew with you saying see you next time. Enjoy your Monday because you're happy.